Thanks for listening today to In 16 Years. I'm Amy, and this is a podcast where I talk about what I've learned in 16 years of living with stage 4 endo, severe IBS, fibromyalgia, and interstitial cystitis. My name is Brittany, and I live with celiac disease, anxiety, and my own hormonal fun. We hope this show will inspire you, empower you, and help you feel supported on your own health journey. Brittany and I are not doctors, dietitians, mental health professionals, experts on endometriosis, or any kind of qualified medical professional. So that means that none of the information we share on this podcast is medical or mental health advice. If you get inspired by something we say, always consult your qualified medical professional first before making any changes. Today we're going to talk about traveling, breaking the routine, the holidays, and endometriosis. One of our lovely listeners, so one of you, thank you, reached out to us after the 4th of July and she asked if we would do an episode about the holidays because, as we all know, the holidays tend to bring up a lot of experiences and feelings and things that make us go haywire and our bodies often don't like it. So she requested this episode and we were more than happy to do it as Amy and I have both experienced the repercussions of the holidays and what our body does in response to those stressors. You mean the repercussions of having a little bit of fun for What's once in a while? <laughs> <laughs> the repercussions of dealing with family and friends and travel and moving and all that stuff. So we're going to talk about that today. And if you've been sitting on an idea but are afraid to tell us, this is your cue to tell us. So if you ever have an idea about something you really want to learn on this podcast or a topic you want to hear us chat about, definitely reach out to us and let us know because we would absolutely love to talk about things that are of interest to you. Brittany, tell me, what is a vacation, a holiday, a birthday, a special occasion? I feel like I'm Italian, wow. right? Well, you are Italian, A social gathering. Italian. <laughs> 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 okay. You're even making the hand. <laughs> But what is it, Brittany? What is a vacation? <laughs> what is it? Are we going to Italy? Is that what's happening? Um, a vacation or a social gathering, a birthday, family, sounds like a time to relax and have some fun with your family or friends. <laughs> You're so naive. <laughs> I know. Oh, Brittany, a vacation. Oh, my. I know. Actually, at the, at, when this episode airs, I will be in Italy yes. with my mother so how and my sister. So maybe that because we're talking about holiday. I'm taking my mom and my sister. She's mentally already on the holiday my, in Italy. My mom and my sister and I are taking a girl's trip. My Aww. mom's getting a little bit older. So we're going to take a girl's trip together to Italy, which is where to a heritage trip. my mother That's what is you're doing. from. <laughs> but we're just going to relax at a villa and home cook food. That's the whole plan. Go to Italy, be in a villa, relax. Oh, my little baby kitties will be left behind. But You'll be in Italy. It's fine. My boyfriend will be there. They'll be fine. Everything will be fine. Oh, where was I? Oh, a holiday, Brittany. A holiday. Oh, my. If you're Italian and listening, we're very sorry. It's the golden opportunity for the endo gods to get angry at you. I should have known. Hello. I should have known. <laughs> and she cackles. I just want to relax. Do you call fun eating outside of regular 
food times Mm-mm. that you need, that Endo needs, that the Red Dragon needs, that Mushu needs, that all the Endo gods need. That sounds scary. Break in their regularly scheduled meal time. Oh, no, they don't they like that. They get hangry, like you that. know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like it when I'm one minute late. Never mind, change the times completely. What about eating food you don't eat normally? Oh, God, that's a horror. What were you thinking? That's a horror. What about sleeping away from home? Uh, uh, uh. Jet lag. That's like one of the things I dread is sleeping in a bed that's not my bed. Stress. (laughs) I don't want to go anywhere anymore. (laughs) I just want to lay in my bed all the time. You've ruined me looking forward to my vacation. With the covers over my head. I never want to leave this house. You're like, after listening to this podcast, I now have agoraphobia. I've made the bed my nest, and I'm never leaving my nest. You're with the therapist. She's like, so when did this fear to leave the house begin? After I listened to this podcast by these two girls, Brittany and Amy, and they <laughs> told, told me about all these things that were happening, that was and they were like, wrong those things I- do happen. I don't like it. <laughs> you were like, oh my God, this is real life. She's predicting my future. <laughs> Predicting the present is more like it. So I think a lot of us can attest to the fact that our bodies completely freak out when we travel. And that could be a plane trip or even a car trip or just being somewhere that's not our regular routine and regular space can cause our bodies to literally go haywire. Do you ever feel like that? Have you felt like that on a vacation or a trip or some experience you've taken that's away from home? You feel like if we go out and we do something, we're going to pay for it? Isn't that such a good feeling? Like, I'm going to take a nice vacation, but I'm going to be in pain a lot of the time because I'm not sleeping on my bed that's perfectly made for me. I think the fear of preparing for that Have you been on my vacations with me? Yes, (laughs) I have also my own vacations. I think the fear of that is also a component because when I think about sleeping in the bed that I'm going to be sleeping in at, you know, my family home when I go visit is a comfortable bed, but it's not my bed. And it makes me feel scared because I know that the pain that I wake up with in the morning is something I have to deal with every single day. So I'm scared of that. And I'm scared of that triggering a flare. And I'm scared of how exhausted I might be when I come home. I think earlier when you were asking me, perhaps rhetorically, (laughs) what a normal vacation would be like, a normal life would be like, I'm pretty sure when someone goes on vacation, they wouldn't have the pre-vacation fear and then the post-vacation fatigue. Mm. Yeah, I think that's how I'd summarize normal. That would be missing. That would, sounds fantastic. <laughs> just be like, it would be like pre-vacation excitement. And then, of course, I think everyone gets a little bit of the post-vacation blues because you're going back to mm-hmm. work. A little and, bit and tired is normal. Yeah, but not like. That I'm dead. I have to take an extra day off of work because I literally cannot get up. That's just us. That's just this community. Okay. As I've gotten older, I've gotten more in control of my endo than I was when I was younger. And so I feel like the more manageable, the more you're able to manage endo through your routine and your food and your sleep and what you do, at least in my case, the, the more it's made me not want to travel. And not want to leave, like, my home nest and comfort zone. Exactly. (laughs) Like, it's made me want to stay in my home and cultivate activities in my home. So I also think that life has seasons. And if you're in a season where you just want to be a homebody or not go on vacation or not stress yourself by, by going somewhere for the holidays or even out for New Year's or 
don't feel socially obligated because you don't have to go fly home to see your family during the holidays. And you don't have to fly in for their 65th birthday. You don't have to go out on New Year's Eve because everyone is going out and go out on 4th of July if you're in the U.S. because everyone's going to see the fireworks. I don't remember the last time either of us went out for the 4th of July or New Year's. So (laughs) don't feel the pressure because we had to learn how to not feel the pressure. But if you want to go out, definitely go out. In this this episode, we're going to give tips about how to try to have a successful vacation, successful holiday with Endo. But we just want to also preface and say that if you're comfy at home in your fluffy socks and your bathrobe with your Netflix favorite TV shows and your kitty or or doggy, whatever, (laughs) or your dog, kitties rule, let's be honest. Okay. (laughs) But if that's what you wanted, if that sounds enjoyable to you, then that's okay. And I feel like, too, with the invent of technology, like, I haven't been home to see my parents on the holidays in ages because it's just so tiring and stressful for me to do that. But now with Skype or FaceTime, it's so easy to be at an event. Like, you could be at a wedding party or you could be at a birthday party if the, if someone there, like a family member or friend, is willing to Skype you in or FaceTime you in. You can actually be there live streaming it and and take part and, and talk to the like talk to the other people there celebrating. So those are some options for the modern world. I think one of the big things that is important to learn is do what you want to do. Yeah, so let let go of the social <laughs> obligation. You know, I feel like a lot of times our society puts this pressure that we're obligated to be at certain events or times of the year or experiences and The only obligation you have is to taking care of yourself. So if another self-imposed or externally imposed obligation comes up, remember that your primary obligation is to yourself. So do what you know is best for you and your body. And other people aren't going to understand that because they're not in the same season and experience as you. So the important part is to not feel like you are required or obligated to do things that you know is not the right choice for you and your body. But let's say that you want to go on a trip or a vacation or celebrate a holiday or whatever it might be. How can we have a successful experience? Most important is you have to know yourself. And second most important is to be prepared. Brittany, how do I get to know myself? Do I have to go buy a journal, ask myself a bunch of questions like, What's your favorite color? If you were a bird, what bird would you be? What do you think the ocean symbolizes? Well, I've never had a journal like that, so I'm not sure. But Sorry, I was thinking about what bird I would be. Whatever bird doesn't have endo, I would be that bird. <laughs> yeah, Are there none of birds them. with endometriosis? <laughs> I hope what not. kind of chronic illnesses do birds have? Do birds have chronic illnesses? I'm sure. I would be a bird that was just perfect. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking woodpecker so I can annoy everyone. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The hardest thing that I think is the food. Because when you're traveling, it's really hard to get the food that you're used to, especially if you cook your food. So a lot of us have noticed a correlation between how we feel and our energy level and our pain level and our flares and the food we eat. So naturally, going on a trip or having a holiday celebration often means eating food that we don't normally eat or not having access to the food that we need to feel our best. 
It's already hard enough to eat paleo or gluten-free or sugar-free or whatever we, whatever diet we follow when we're in our own home, going to the supermarket that we know, where we have the food in the aisles memorized, where we can cook what we need. And then to break that routine and to be in a foreign place or to be at a celebration where the, all the food has been provided, it can be very difficult. So what can we do? What do we do? We just do don't we eat, eat at all. We just <laughs> we never live on eat. Air. Yeah. <laughs> what do we eat? Where do we find How foods? long can a human being last without eating? <laughs> Not a, long enough. It's a record, what, 22 days or something? <laughs> that sounds awful, though. Oh my, can you imagine? Like, you're, oh, yeah, it's the holidays, and I'm also on a hunger strike. <laughs> I'm fasting. How long? Until I go home. Oh, my. It's a two-week vacation. I'm in Italy. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's going to end well. Oh, no. She collapses on the airplane on the, yeah, in, in the not... airport. <laughs> like On the way there, no less. Weighing 30 pounds less than what I Like, there's something terribly wrong with this really, really thin girl. So what do you do, Amy? What do we do in order to survive the food war zone on vacations? We pack a ton of food. <laughs> we get a lot of Everywhere supplies. we can. We a lot fill, of ammo. We fill our pockets with food. We fill our suitcases <laughs> with food. We fill our tummies with food before we leave. <laughs> I like that. I like the plan. We fill our purses with food. I feel like it's become easier. It depends where you go, of course. But, like, for example, if you're taking a road trip, that's great because then you can actually pack a cooler full of food. So that's what I do whenever we go camping or we go where we need like a longer road trip. If you're taking a plane ride, you can pack some snacks in your carry-on, your purse or your backpack. And you can also pack bigger items or items that aren't, you know, allowed in the carry-on in your actual suitcase itself. Sardines, tomatoes, tuna fish. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's what you bring? I was thinking like nut butters and apples and avocados. Wow, your suitcase must be really uh, interesting smell profile. <laughs> They're in cans, Brittany. It's not just like... You know like, what? I don't care. <laughs> I don't just dump in a pile of tuna fish on my clothes. I'm like, oh, I can I just, don't know what you do. I can just lick that up later. <laughs> you, are, you have two cats. I don't know how you like to approach things. Okay. <laughs> I remember I went on a work trip, which I will never do again. Not because canceled of, forever. of my work, but just because it was so horribly difficult for me. And I went with another girl from work, and we we got there. It was a one-night trip, and I had that huge suitcase, the biggest size suitcase that you could have. And she looked at my suitcase, and she's like, "Mm, what's in there? Oh, just a bunch of food. Do you want me to list it or just to give a general overview? (laughs) Just some different categories of food. You got the jerky. You got the proteins. You got the healthy fats. You got the gluten-free. Just kind of like small we got some fruits some nuts uh, you know a whole variety store in there i have to keep it varied otherwise endo doesn't like it small time health store that's what's in there and she goes well you know there's food where we're going yeah yeah i I understand the same question on a work trip recently i know there's food where we're going But there's none of this gluten-free, sugar-free foods. That's what I did my last business trip. They were like, oh, we have breakfast prepared. And it was like foods that I cannot survive on. All gluten, all cereals. So I had to buy Gluten-free celiac. (laughs) 
was like, I got to get eggs. So the very first day before the training conference that we had, I had to get eggs so that I could make them in my Airbnb to have boiled eggs each morning. So you tell me there's food, but there's not food. (laughs) I have to go get my own food. There's food for regular people, but there's not food for the endo gods. The endo gods have very specific palates. The gods live on things like nectar. I imagine gods would eat figs. I just feel like that feels very like Grecian. Right? Of course the Greek gods would live on figs Do and honey. Do gods eat donuts? <laughs> no. No. Mm-mm. Do they eat cereal? No. No. Do they eat some kind of frozen microwavable thingy with plastic wrap no. on it? No. No. Already no. my endo's like, oh, God. Yeah, like I just, my Ow. insides just cringed. I got a cramp in my back just then. It was like, you said the word microwavable. <laughs> we don't like it. Oh, God. Where's my honeycomb and nectar? <laughs> Give me some fresh vegetables. I'm yeah. Like, okay, no, I, I'll go to the store right now. If your vacation plans or holiday plans involve food and whose doesn't, then mine doesn't <laughs> well you have to eat you're right so. i'm going to italy i've already got a little dictionary gluten-free sugar i've already written down all the words in italian last time i went to italy there was quite a few gluten-free options actually becoming it's very, more popular it's very so. popular in italy yeah so you you yeah. will have options there but i i think navigating food is a big aspect of travel for a lot of us and life and yeah and life as well and endo <laughs> everything why is food so evil? Okay, keep going. Keep going. Oh my god, we have <laughs> getting to love out of control. It. We have to love it. I love food. It keeps us alive. It, it nourishes me. It's important. Gives me energy. It does. Builds my body. But if you're in a situation where your body's preferred foods are not really easily accessible, what Amy and I like to do, especially if there's restaurants involved, is we'll eat beforehand or we call ahead, see if there are substitutions available when the meal itself is part of the event or part of the celebration to make sure that we have what we need in order to not go into a flare. As most of us probably experience, our food directly relates to how we feel. And when we have foods that don't work great for our body, we feel those repercussions. So there are instances when following our diets are very difficult because of external forces. So it's best to really make sure that we think ahead Bring all those snacks, eat before we go to a restaurant if that's possible, or make our own meal if we're having like a Thanksgiving meal. Making your own foods on the side is also a really great option that I've done before. So there are some things that we can do, but just thinking ahead to navigate that food war zone will often help us instead of encountering things that are a surprise and then we end up eating something that we know is not going to make us feel better later. I have a quick funny story, which I think highly summarizes what we're talking <laughs> this about. Experience. I, and this experience. And this story has happened to me many, many times over and over. And I remember I went to Indonesia and it was great. And I was with my boyfriend of that time. We went to the restaurant and like looked at the menus, which are outside of the restaurant. So you don't have to go in. So we looked at the menu. It's like four pages. They flipped through and I'm like, mm, nope, there's nothing I can eat here. So we go to the next restaurant, which, well, you know, we're on a street of restaurants. And we go to the next restaurant, like 20 feet down. I look at the menu. Nope, nope, nothing on this menu. I'm like, okay, go to the next restaurant. (laughs) Literally, like, I don't know how the people traveling with me did not kill me because I would veto. (laughs) And this was over and over. This is when no matter where I traveled, it it was always the same thing. It was like, oh, we have to find a restaurant Amy likes. You know, I'm like, you mean my endo (laughs) likes, not Amy. 
Because I would eat at all these places, but Mushu Red Dragon does not allow that. <laughs> but sometimes what I learned is that you can ask the restaurant for things that aren't even on the menu. You can just go and ask them, hey, will you just make me a plain piece of fish with this vegetable on the side? And oftentimes, if those are already ingredients, they'll make you a special plain dish. Sometimes we aren't always condemned to what <laughs> we aren't always condemned to what the the, <laughs> the menu, menu says. <laughs> offers. Sometimes, especially if we're in a place where there's no language barrier, then we we can often communicate and we can actually get what we need. I wish I had learned that a long time ago because <laughs> after like three trips with my boyfriend, he was like, "I really don't know if I want to travel with you anymore." I was like, "Oh, come on, <laughs> it's fine. We have a good time. Just when it's time to eat, it takes us like an hour and a half to find a restaurant." <laughs> And then I order a bunch of things, and then when they, when it comes, I'm like, well, that was not what I was expecting. You eat it. <laughs> Moving on to something else key and vital to enjoying ourselves is managing our pain. Oh, the joys of chronic pain, crippling pain, acute pain, burning pain, stabbing pain, screaming pain, ripping pain. Ooh, look at her go. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I just have my period. <laughs> So what do you need to get rid of your pain? For many of us, it involves packing painkillers. And then I also think not being afraid to use the painkillers. So I personally, I'm not a big fan of taking painkillers. I mean, when the pain was crippling and debilitating, I was screaming, yes, give me all the painkillers you can give me. (laughs) But I'm not a big fan of taking pain. Like I have a lot of fibromyalgia pain and I don't take painkillers for that because I would literally be taking a painkiller every four to six hours. So I'm more about learning to try to put up with and live with the low level pain. But for me, like when I travel on an airplane, I just automatically take over the counter painkiller because my body literally cannot handle being in that cramp. I mean, most people get uncomfortable in the airplane, but for a lot of us who have chronic pain, traveling in the airplane is so uncomfortable and it hits every pressure point. And by, you know, an hour in, you literally want to break down sobbing and sometimes do. We just go off to the toilet and it's noisy in there. She's going anyway. to the bathroom for the thirtieth time. No, I'm going to <laughs> cry again. <laughs> every time she comes out, her eyes are all red and puffy. <laughs> She's got streaks down her face. I wonder why. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes going on vacation, you can indulge yourself and maybe, take that painkiller. <laughs> yeah, maybe you you get a migraine. Like I get a lot of migraines, and I try not to take painkillers for it. But maybe this is a time where you're like, okay. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take something because I'm on this trip. It's more stressful on my body. And the pain takes a lot out of you. Like it makes you way more exhausted. And flight travel is already exhausting. So the argument for trying to avoid being completely shattered when you arrive is a valid reason to just take that painkiller to avoid some of the repercussions of flight travel. Something else you can do is you can, if you like doing yoga, you can bring your yoga mat. Yeah, they roll up real small. You can slide it in a suitcase. In your really big suitcase full of sardines and apples and cherry tomatoes. There's a little yoga mat. You can also bring one of those foam rolly things. Oh, yeah. Recently, I got a muscle roller, which, oh, my God, how did I ever 
<laughs> live without the muscle roller. So currently, I can no longer take any painkiller. Yay! Lucky you! <laughs> oh my god! Oh, it's a miracle! So I'm definitely not going on an airplane. Oh my god! I'm going to Italy. Yeah, what you am are. I gonna do? <laughs> oh my god! You're gonna cry. This episode is made for me. What am I? What am I? God! It's like me preparing future me for Italy. Yeah, this is this is current you preparing oh for future you. It's like a ten hour flight. I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm gonna get up a lot on the airplane. I got an aisle seat already. There weren't three seats together with my family. So they were like, oh, let's all sit in the... I was like, heck no, I'm sitting on the aisle. I don't care if I don't sit by you. I need the aisle because I'm going to get up. I'm going to do a lot of walking up and down the plane. I have one of those foam rollers. I plan to do like light stretching. I plan to do yoga right before we leave for the airplane. I'll probably end up having to do yoga when I land, not in the airport, but in the air, (laughs) in the Airbnb. I also like to wear compression socks on the plane because it just helps with the blood flow and it helps the swelling, especially on long flights. And I do like stretches in my seat with my legs because when you start to move a little bit more and your body doesn't stay in one place, those pressure points don't trigger so hard. So getting up and moving or doing any kind of stretching, keeping your body flowing is really useful, especially for long air travel. But let's say you're not going on the blasted airplane. You're just going in the car. You can stop the car a lot. You can get out. You can take a lot of breaks. You can even plan if you have a longer drive or even a drive that's an hour long. And you're like, I can't sit still for one hour. My, you know, my back or my legs or my arms, it's going to explode. Then go ahead. Make it into something more relaxing you know, more mindful, more intentional. Maybe you can map out a couple of stops or you can be driving and be like, oh, look at those flowers. Let's pull over and look at them so it can turn more. A little more adventure it's rather a than one just hour, car ride. <laughs> yeah, like it's a one-hour drive. I have to get there in an hour. You can be like, hey, we planned that it, we anticipated it would be two hours. Like we gave ourselves this leeway and we also had a better time on the way. Yeah, we enjoyed some things, a little sightseeing. That's always more enjoyable. And... There's heating pads that plug in to your... If you don't have heated seats. They plug into your cigarette outlet. And some vehicles have actual, like, plugs, so you can plug your heating pad into the plug as well. Oh, my God. Whose vehicle has a plug? Yeah, a lot of trucks have plugs and SUVs. Some SUVs have plugs as well. My goodness. Well, if you're going to get a truck, you might as well just put a bed in the back. (laughs) That would be amazing. And then you employ a driver. (laughs) Can you just, like, book an Uber or Lyft? That's a truck, and then put a bed in the back and be like, take me to my destination. <laughs> You're like Uber pool, Uber X, Uber with Uber the bed. bed. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with Uber bed. Yeah. She's like, this is minimum 30 minute rides. You're like, I know it only shows I'm going one and a half miles, just five minutes down the road, but I, I will need, pay for the 30 minutes. Okay. <laughs> I need the Uber bed. Okay. So just hook me up. Oh, it comes with a heating pad? Oh. The bed is heated too? <laughs> heated socks? Do I get to keep these? <laughs> I think this is like gone into like imagination station here. Oh, God. <laughs> so when you're on a holiday or on vacation, there might be occasions where you're like, mm, today I would like to look cute, but I have endo belly and endo body and nothing's working for me. Well, guess what? My favorite go-to is loose-fitting dresses. Oh, godsend, because you just slip one of those on, put on some flats, nobody's going to know, things aren't going so great, because nothing's hugging the belly, nothing's compressing against the uterus or the back, and you still get to look cute. So there are options. I always make sure that I pack pain outfits (laughs) that I know are not going to cause me extra pain, 
And I will wear those on days where I'm not doing so great. So I always think ahead in terms of the clothes that I'm packing to make sure that I have outfits that are loose around the midsection. I feel like we plan our outfits for holidays or vacations with really high ambitions. <laughs> We're like, oh, it's the winter holidays. It's New Year's Eve. And I have this cute dress. I have this scarf really, and boots. <laughs> yeah, tight dress and these like little high heeled boots. And you pick out this outfit, you go buy it. And then the night rolls around to wear it. You're like, I don't want it. Oh, my <laughs> God. So, so you know what you do? You just put it on for the photo. Take your photos. Oh, yeah. Then put on your sneakers. Mm -hmm. There you go. No one's going to (laughs) know. I remember I was walking around Spain one time on vacation, and I was wearing like a cute dress, and then I was wearing sneakers, and everyone was staring at me the whole time. And so I speak Spanish, so people were coming and be like, do you know that you're wearing sneakers with that dress? Do you know? (laughs) No, I didn't get dressed. Oh, oh my God. Not I'm wearing me. sneakers with this dress. I was like, yeah. I'm I know. Aware. I put them on my feet myself. And guess what? I don't care. <laughs> and it's not because I'm American and Americans always wear sneakers everywhere. <laughs> well, sorry, sneakers are comfortable. Yeah. And I don't want my feet to be squishing a high heel, hurting my back. That yeah, is when I'm walking around everywhere. Hurting my yeah. legs where my sciatic nerve has endo on it. Hurting my all. Yeah. Don't care what you think. Do you know how hard it is to be comfortable just being butt naked? (laughs) Let alone putting something on my body like a shoe. You have no idea. A pair of underwear. Okay. All these things compress. You don't know what it's like. (laughs) Okay. Fibromyalgia is real. So stop staring at my sneakers. Stop looking at me. Sneakers are comfy. (laughs) The comfiest thing I'm wearing. Okay. (laughs) Sleep, Brittany. Sleep. Moving on to sleep. Sleep, Right now? Sleep. I get to. Okay. Yeah, right. It's so hard to fall asleep. And we're sitting. That's never going to happen. <laughs> sleep like it's like, oh, I can sleep on an airplane. Who? Who can sleep on an airplane? Uh, I don't know. Not normal. Me. That's what nor- we keep uh, normal people normal can sleep people. on airplanes. Normal people sleep on airplanes. My um, husband does fall asleep on airplanes, and I look at him like, how? And I think normal how? people, they don't get nauseous on airplanes. Oh, I, I have to they live with my ginger or I will die. They don't Mm-mm. get diarrhea on airplanes. What is that like? I don't know. Wow. I've never. That's never happened to me. <laughs> I become intimately familiar with every airplane bathroom. So <laughs> they become my friend. <laughs> One time, the flight attendant knocked and asked if I was okay. <laughs> I was not okay. <laughs> well, I'd only been in there for forty minutes, and they put yeah. that fasten your seatbelt, go back to your seat, and the turbulence started. And she yeah. was like, "This you plane need to sit down. is going to crash. Everyone needs to get in their seats with their seatbelt." I'm You're... sitting on a seat. This is good enough. Him is seatbelt. I'll strap myself into the toilet. I wish there was a seatbelt. That'd be so effective. They should make a seatbelt for the yeah, bathroom come on. toilet. What, about what the if you're on with, it? What about the people with diarrhea? Yeah, that's what I was having. I couldn't get off the toilet. I walked back to the seat after and the couple I was sitting next to were like, are you okay, honey? Like, no, I am not okay. It's fine. I survived. I'm not okay, but I have to get from point A to point B. And the only way to cross the ocean is to get on this airplane. So I'm sure you can relate. So here I am. And I'll probably get up three more times in the next hour or so. I Watch told out. you to change the aisle seat. The guy's like, no, I need the aisle. You're like, no, I no, need, I need it. Trust me. So he didn't want to give it up, so he going to regret it. Like, you're not going to sleep a wink. I know this is a 10-hour flight, but you're probably going to get up every 10, 12 minutes. Yeah, when I have to get up. So you make your choice. <laughs>
One of the next most important things to consider with travel is sleep. But I have a question first. Who here has inflammation body? You mean raging inflammation body? I mean horrendous, throbbing, raging, screaming inflammation body. I think I've had that since the last year of high school. Yeah. And so now I'm 35. You win. <laughs> you won the lottery. Oh, my God. Who else you get is, points. Who else is with me? Probably literally almost everyone uh, listening. 95% of the audience. <laughs> so Yay, you, wherever you are, if you're driving in your car, be careful. But raise your hand if you have inflammation body. I can't raise it anymore. My body's too stiff. Okay, raise a finger. Just a finger. <laughs> it doesn't even work. Oh, God. Think about lifting your finger. Oh, okay, I did got that. Me tired. I did that. <laughs> now I need a nap. So sleep is one of the most difficult things to achieve. Yes, but it's also one of the opportunities to toss and turn all night long for eight hours straight in absolute agony and torture. Yes, but what I'm trying to say is that sleep is incredibly difficult, <laughs> incredibly challenging. Yes, but also torture. <laughs> no. Okay, it's all of those things. Yes, yes, yes. But it is a pillar of our health. Okay. That means it's super, super, super important. But it's also all of those things you just mentioned. So it's one of the most important things we have to do. (laughs) It's like torture. But one of the literal hardest. They used to drip water on your face. Oh, you have endometriosis and or fibro- We're going to keep you awake. And or fibromyalgia. <laughs> no, we're going to tell you to, here's a bed. Now, if you don't sleep, we're going to flog you and pull your teeth out with pliers. So go ahead and sleep. On this like, bed of nails. No, no, on a regular bed, a fluffy oh, we, we bed. we get a fluffy bed. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. Sleep is so hard. <laughs> Even if your bed is fluffy, that would be the equivalent of the water torture. They'd be like, sleep in this bed. You'd be like, no, I, I literally, I can't. Like, you will sleep in this bed. I'm like, I, I, I can't I, do I, it. No, please. I've been trying to sleep for the past 16 years, and I cannot <laughs> achieve more than a few hours a night. Please. My icicles are down to my boobs. That's, that's the reason. Can't you see? It's not, it's not my skin tone. It's just dark circles. I'm not making this up. Sleep is impossible. <laughs> so as you've gathered, sleep is really, really hard for me. And now at home, I have a bed and I've put a lot of egg crates and foam. I have a foam mattress with foam on the bed with egg crates with like layers and layers and layers of foam to try to get rid of those pressure points to try to get to try to support the body inflammation the same way that a good bra supports you. (laughs) Are there good bras out there? I was going to say, somebody with a larger chest, no bras feel good. They're all torture devices. Oh, my God. Bras are the same as sleep. Yes. <laughs> but I finally managed to get my bed at home to be somewhat comfortable, although I really don't lay in it for more than about eight hours because as I start to wake, like, I wake up before the wake-up time with stiffness and my body's like, you're on fire, get up. I'm like, okay, yes, ma'am, get up. I'll do it, I promise. So traveling with Endo is really hard because you're away from the perfectly curated, comfortable bed that may or may not have cost you hundreds or even thousands. Of, <laughs> or hours of time. Or hours of, <laughs> or hours of trying out different egg crates, which mm-hmm. is what happened to me. And then finally I settled on all of them. So my bed is like, <laughs> my bed, my boyfriend and I have a different bed. We don't sleep in the same bed because my bed is about 
two feet higher. <laughs> no, it's about a foot higher than his bed because it has so many pieces of foam on it. So we each have a twin next to each other. <laughs> but I realized that in order for me to sleep successfully, I really needed something to try to cushion and support my body because the inflammation just hates hard things. Even most mattresses are just too hard for me. So I carry around in my huge suitcase next to all my cans of sardines a big piece of rolled up foam that I have cut to the dimensions of my body because I have to fit in the suitcase. And I've named her Your Majesty. (laughs) That is her name. (laughs) (laughs) And she literally goes everywhere with me. And I highly recommend Since I got this foam, it's this big, like, three-inch thick piece of foam, and I roll it up. Since I've got this foam, it has made sleeping away from home so, so much easier. But you also have to lug it around. It also takes up all the room in your suitcase. You also, once you put a big piece of foam in the biggest piece of luggage that there is, then your clothes and whatever else you want to bring all have to fit in the carry-on. So pack lightly. (laughs) I started carrying around this foam because it was so impossible to sleep away from my bed, not because of any kind of anxiety or fears or psychological, like I don't want to be away from home or something like that, but literally because it was just so impossible to get comfortable. And even sometimes I'd be on a bed and I'd fall asleep, but then I'd wake up an hour later, my body would be literally burning and it was hell. And I remember when I went, oh, the joyous memory of my honeymoon. I was previously married, and we got this really nice hotel, and it had a jacuzzi and a porch and ensuite, and it was, it was really nice. We had a really good time there. We went there all day. It was so much fun, and then in the nighttime, it got dark. It got to be the sleeping hour, also known as the hour of torture, and I did not have yet, at this time, your majesty, my special three-inch foam <laughs> that I rolled up and brought with me everywhere. And so we went to sleep. My husband immediately was snoring away, all worn out because we were in the jacuzzi and blah, blah, blah. And I was, guess what I was doing? Probably what most of us do every night. Not sleeping. Toss. Tossing, turning, turning. crying. Yep. <laughs> now I'm doing yoga in the middle of the night. Now I'm stiff. Dark. Now yep. I have pain points. Now there's <laughs> pressure points. Now my muscles are spasming. And it gets so bad that you, and you're, it's the middle of the night. Now you're tired and I just like lose like, normally I'm very put together, but, at, you know, at 2 a.m., you're getting frustrated. You're getting angry. The person next to you is snoring every Rude. single inhale and exhale, reminding you that he's doing something that you want to be doing <laughs> and you're not doing. And I just, like, lost it. And I turned on the light and I grabbed the keys and I slapped him awake on the shoulder. And I was like, get up. We're leaving. We have to leave. We're going to drive back to our house. It was like three hours away. It's like, he's like, it's 2 a.m. What's going on? I don't care. We're checking out. We're leaving. I can't stay here all night. It's my wedding day. I can't sleep. (laughs) I can't sleep on this blasted bed. Not being able to sleep makes you do things. So we left it. So exhausting. So we left at 2 in the morning (laughs) to go home and sleep in your own bed. Yeah, we went home and. And it was great. <laughs> then you could find. I was like, "You got asleep. a couple hours of sleep. You drive. I'm just gonna <laughs> ride in the seat with the with the um the heat on it." And we went home. And then my husband and I assessed the situation. We were like, 
what could have really improved that situation. See, when things go wrong, we like to try to see how we could fix it for the future. We're like, oh, we should get you some kind of contraption, just like the bed you have at home. You can take it with you, but it has to be small enough that you can take it everywhere. And hence, we bought a very thick piece of foam, which we then took a saw and we cut out around my body so I could basically, it was like lying in a coffin. (laughs) And then it could be rolled up in a suitcase and boom. And that's how how your majesty was born. (laughs) So it sounds extreme, but I think you got to do what you got to do, especially if you're going to go to a hotel or Airbnb. I mean, even you can ask ahead, like, what kind of beds do you have? Like some hotels now are offering with foam mattresses or like people leave reviews and they say like the bed was hard as a rock or the bed was soft or so just knowing what kind of like what do you need to sleep do you need earplugs do you need an eye mask do you need a little noise machine that gives off white noise do you need your painkillers do you need to go to bed at a certain time so just really trying to recreate the environment that you need when you go away it can be really key to having success on your trip and you're probably going to be exhausted the whole time anyway i mean let's not lie but at least you'll be exhausted with sleep and not the like strung out double exhausted (laughs) not the like you'll be endo fatigued but you won't be like that strung out haven't slept in three nights fatigued and sometimes we might feel kind of idiotic carrying around a big piece of foam or the food in our suitcase or whatever we need but I think there's nothing stupid or idiotic in knowing what you need and bringing it with you. It actually requires forethought and self-care and self-respect and planning. So if you need it, bring it. Yeah, if you have to bring something to make yourself comfortable while you sleep, just think of it that you are the princess in the princess in the pea story. If you've never heard that story, it's go a, read it. It's a fairy tale. Basically, to sum it up, is there is a prince looking for someone to marry, a wife to marry a princess, but she's required to be a princess. So a lot of fakers come to the palace to try to marry the prince, and they do this little test on them because only a true princess is sensitive enough to feel a pea under 20 mattresses. So they make this contraption with a pea underneath all the stacks of mattresses and only a true princess would be able to tell that the pea was there because she wouldn't be able to sleep because it would hurt too badly. So they go through all these other women claiming to be princesses. They're not really princesses. And then this one girl comes in the middle of a storm and she looks all bedraggled and scary like in the middle of an endo flare. And she's all (laughs) messy and dripping wet and... Her hair is all askew. Is she she dripping wet or dripping blood? Both. They're like, oh, well... We got to put this girl up because we're nice, but there's nowhere to put her but the torture room. So they put her in the princess room. And they're like, ah, she's definitely, you know, she's just some random peasant. But lo and behold, the next morning they ask her how her sleep was. And she said, it, it was, was horrible. She couldn't sleep all I couldn't night. sleep all wink. I was tossing and turning. There was just something in the bed that made it so uncomfortable. <gasps> it's because she's a real princess. So if you need something to sleep. That's because you are royalty, okay? So think of that story, and if you haven't read it, go read it because it's really beautifully written and fun to read. But it's a good way to think of it. It's like, I am so special that I need something special in order to sleep because I feel even the tiniest little pee in my mattress. Next, something we all know, we all hear we should do. Probably a lot of us don't do it. At least I have trouble doing it. Same. (laughs) Is... 
resting. I think we all love to jam-pack our schedules when we go somewhere. We love to go sightseeing. We love to go visit our friends and our family and take advantage of every single minute that we're there and not lose any time. But I think it's important to choose carefully what you spend your time and energy on. I spend mine on an endoflare. Well, I mean, <laughs> yes, but you could end up spending time in an endoflare if you don't if you pace don't carefully yourself. monitor where else you spend your time. Exactly. No, I don't want to spend my time there. No, nobody wants to spend their time in an endoflare. <laughs> Does anyone here want to spend their time in an endoflare? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, not only is rushing around from, you know, event to event really stressful and stress can be a trigger for our bodies, but also spending that much time bouncing around can be physically draining. I mean, it's super fun because we want to go around to see this historical building and this cathedral and this archaeological site and this all these beautiful things and see my friend here and see my family member over there and the two hour drive right to see this other friend. There's so many things that we want to do when we're on vacations, but Not only does this cause stress on our bodies and stress on us mentally, it also prevents us from a lot of times enjoying our vacation because we're so busy making sure we're not late to the next event, which is more stress, that we forget to live in the moment. And I think that... Oh, Brittany, live in the moment. I know. Well, that's something that I think is really hard, especially as people who have traveled, sometimes to just remember, okay, I I have to sit where I am and enjoy what I'm doing rather than thinking about what I'm supposed to do next. So as both a traveler and as somebody who has to be careful where they spend their energy, I have learned to make my schedules a lot more free and a lot more varied so that I can have some flexibility. Because if I do something and then I'm feeling really horrible, I don't want to feel guilty that I had to say no to something next. If I've made my schedule open, I can just move things around and I can still do everything that I want to do. So having flexibility in your schedule and prepping anybody that you're with To also be flexible and set that expectation really goes a long way in making sure that your trip is everything you want it to be. I think when making our schedules, we should definitely just pencil in or put it in permanent marker. (laughs) Rest. So when we're deciding if we're on vacation and we're in, let's say we're in Rome. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Am I going to be there? I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Let's say we're going to be in Rome for three days and going ahead and penciling it. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. I'm also going to go back to my Airbnb and I'm going to rest from after lunch or I'm going to take this second night in the evening and I'm just going to rest and I'm going to chill out and I'm penciling that in. If I feel up to doing something else, then maybe I'll take a stroll around the neighborhood. Maybe I will do something, but just automatically giving that time to have more rest. And I think this also goes for just having a regular holiday like 4th of July or New Year's or another holiday where if we choose to go out and expend all of that energy and see people and maybe eat things that we don't normally eat, indulge ourselves, perhaps drink alcohol. Oh my God. But recognize that we need more time to recover from having fun. Fun equals fatigue the next day. Now, in a normal person, fun equals fun. But with... There's repercussions for our fun. (laughs) (laughs) But for people with endo, fun equals fatigue. So have fun and live it up, but then knowing and not feeling guilty that we need to then take maybe the day after the 4th of July or I know New Year's Eve, we already have the next day off, but maybe we also need to take the second off and go back to work 
on the 3rd. I mean, they should just give us that. I mean, honestly, on. it's the beginning of the year. <laughs> give us a little ease into us, it. <laughs> you know, let us just dip our little toes in, not just plunge right into a new year. But yeah, keeping in mind that probably we need more rest than other people need. And there's nothing embarrassing about that. Knowing that you need that and preparing for that is something you should be really proud of because it's hard to honor what our body needs, especially when it's different from the norm. So be proud that you're preparing for that and that you're thinking ahead and that you're honoring that because self-care, as we said, is the number one obligation. So it's good on you to do that and don't feel embarrassed for needing more time to recuperate than other people. First, we want to point out that if you need extra rest or if you don't have alcohol when everyone else is drinking or you have to leave early to make your bedtime, or you can't eat the birthday cake, or something else where you're not, where you feel like you're not participating 100%, quote unquote, or to the level that other people are participating, we just want you to first know that this does not make you a failure, not as a human being, not as a party participant, not as a person on vacation, not as a friend, a family member, a spouse. And it doesn't mean you're not participating either. But if you do choose to indulge in something that you don't normally do, like maybe you're out somewhere and you're going to eat something that you don't normally eat, or maybe you decide to wear high heels because you just want to look really good at that wedding, or maybe you want to drink alcohol because it's New Year's Eve and you're like, you know what? I just want to have a drink. Then do it. But I think it's important to do it consciously. I feel like having endo, we have to be really mindful of so many things, and it's a lot harder to do things unconsciously. I think with endo, we always have to be thinking about the choices that we make and then the consequences, (laughs) or some might say the effects, but I would definitely say the consequences. Of the choices that we make, because often the consequences of our own actions can cause a flare. And so I'm not shaming you or me or anyone for what we do. And because we have endo and we can't control that we have endo and endo sucks and endo is stupid. I'm sorry, but. Red Dragon, you're stupid. In the dictionary (laughs) next to the word stupid, there should just be a giant picture of endometriosis. I agree with that. (laughs) Also for mean, rude, intrusive, jerk, all those words. <laughs> Every negative word in the dictionary is just like... Picture of endo. In the end, it will just be like a big thing of endo, and then it will just have a bunch of descriptive words. I like that. <laughs> It'll be interchangeable. Let's get someone to like, make that. That guy's an... Instead of being like, that guy's a jerk, you'd be like, that guy's an endo. <laughs> I really like that. We should start that. That's a new trend. <laughs> wow. He's so endo. He's so mean. He's so endo. <laughs> Way, way to he's such an endo endo. He's such a mean jerk. He's such an endo endo. You're like, oh yeah, he's a double endo. I really love that. I'm gonna use that. But please don't think that I'm judging or shaming anyone. Like I've noticed in my own life that the things that I do have consequences. And it's unfortunate because I should be able to eat a piece of cheesecake without having a flare. And I should be able to not wear sneakers with a dress and get stared and pointed and laughed at when out sightseeing. But unfortunately, with endo, there are so many consequences to what we do. And so just being mindful that 
if we want to do something that we know causes a flare, let's do it. Let's, I want to eat that cheesecake. Then heck yeah, I'm going to eat that cheesecake. And I'm also, I'm going to do it knowing it's probably going to cause me a flare, but then I'm going to do it guilt-free because I made a choice. I'm going to eat this cheesecake now and I'm going to get a flare later. And I understand that it's not a surprise to me that that's going to happen. And so I made a conscious decision about that. For me, that's been really key to enjoying myself in like certain situations or indulging in something I wouldn't, or we're going to go to Italy and I'm going to try different foods. I'm probably going to have pizza with cheese. (gasps) Oh God. God. (laughs) I'm in Italy. How can I not? And it's probably not going to be. It's not going to go well later, but. It's not going to go well. I'm not not going to eat the whole pizza. I mean, maybe. I'm probably going to have one slice of pizza that I'll split with my family. I'll just have one slice and I'm going to eat every bite so slowly and so mindfully. And then I'm probably going to be really sick on the toilet later. But I'm going to do it because it's something that I want to do. And later when I'm sick on the toilet, I'm, I'm going to remember in that moment on the toilet, I'm not going to judge the flare. And I'm not going to eat the pizza thinking the whole time, oh my God, I shouldn't be eating this. And oh, this is going to make me so sick. And how is that going to, like, where's my enjoyment? If the whole time I'm eating the bite, I'm not tasting the bite. I'm just concerned and having anxiety about the flare. Well, wouldn't it be better to not just not eat it and to avoid the flare? So I'm going to eat it slowly and mindfully. And when the flare inevitably comes, I'm not going to judge it. I'm going to say, hey, I traded this flare for a really awesome pizza pizza that I'm going to remember and cherish forever with all the cheeses. Quattro That's I'm going to have four cheese pizza. I'll be like, not one cheese. Give me the four cheeses. All of them. Do you have eight cheese pizza? Because I need every cheese in this I'm only going to have one piece. I need everything you got. But everything on the first bite of the pizza, I'm probably not going to get past the first bite. I'll be honest. If I have a bite, I'm going to throw up. So put all the, get all the Just flavor. make it worth it. The, the little tip of the edge of the pizza. And it's absolutely not fair that these very simple, minimal indulgences have such a strong reaction in our bodies. That's absolute garbage that that happens. I mean, is cheese an indulgence or is it? For most people, it's not. It's just like a life necessity. Yeah. I mean, for some, yes, it's required. (laughs) But it's, it's crap that that small indulgence creates such a huge wave in our bodies. And I think what you're saying is... Good to acknowledge that when we make a decision, it's important to not be angry at ourselves for making that decision. It's okay to be angry at the fact that that's unjust and it's unfair because it's 100% unfair that these little things cause such huge volcanic eruptions, sometimes out certain parts of our bodies. (laughs) (laughs) But we can also feel angry at ourselves because then we start to judge ourselves for doing something we felt like we shouldn't have done or feeling inadequate or feeling like we deserved the repercussions. You don't deserve to have an endo flare because you had a piece of pizza. It's an unfortunate reaction because your body can't handle that. But you don't deserve it and you're not paying for it. It's not something that you should feel guilty or angry at yourself for. It's just something that is an aspect of having endometriosis. It's just a fact of life. It's a fact of it's life. It's the end of life facts. <laughs> There's many of those. 
definitely this has been life-changing for me. And I also think it's brought a lot of joy back into my life because I used to live so fearful of the consequences of everything that I did because I knew it would cause a flare. And normally, I, I, I mean, I do avoid a lot of things, especially on a work day. But if I go home for the holidays and my mom makes my favorite cookie and it's a peanut butter chocolate chip cookie and I decide that I want to have that cookie, it's about being in the moment. Like if I eat the cookie, just really being in the moment with the cookie and not eating the cookie physically, but then filling my head with all these fears and anxieties and guilts and repercussions and consequences. Like then who, even though I'm eating a cookie and I'm getting all that yummy cookie in my mouth cookie, oh my God. I want peanut butter chocolate chip cookie. Anyway, even though I'm physically eating the cookie, I'm not enjoying the cookie because my mind is somewhere else torturing me. And in the end, endo wins. It doesn't win because I have a flair. It wins because it took away my joy in the moment. Like it took away my freedom and my control over the situation. Like Endo was in, when I ate that cookie, Endo was in control of me. And he was like, hi, you're eating a cookie. I don't know why you're eating that. You're going to feel sick later. What are you thinking? You're so weak eating a cookie. Oh, you can't even hold off on a cookie. Oh, you're going to be so sick. Oh, your back's going to hurt. Oh, you're going to pass out with fatigue. Like, oh my God. God, Endo. Lay off. Wow, just back (laughs) up. I'm just trying to eat a cookie. (laughs) One cookie, one. So be in the moment. Eat your cookie, wear your heels, stay up late. But the idea is to do it mindfully and then not judge yourself for any flares that come up later. Another tip that I've found really helps me to travel is to ask for help when I need it. When I was on my honeymoon, I was struggling with some pain. So I actually asked my husband if he would mind if we got a wheelchair for a little bit because I was having trouble after all the walking we were doing. I would sleep and I'd be so stiff after stretching the next morning that for the first couple hours of the day, I was hobbling around. So he actually got a wheelchair for us just for the first hour of every morning until my body was like, "Okay, we're working again. And my knees would stop locking. And that's okay because I needed that and I couldn't have enjoyed myself without that. You may need help lifting a suitcase over your head into an airplane. And we often don't feel guilty about that except when we're in pain and we're like, oh, I can't ask somebody else for help. And because we're feeling a little bit of shame at that time, it makes us feel uncomfortable. But there's no shame in asking the person next to you to help you lift something. That's very normal. It doesn't take them much effort or asking them to lift it off the baggage carousel or asking them to lift it down from the overhead bin. Often people are very willing and happy to help if you ask politely and kindly. So there's many little things that we can ask for help with when we need it. And we don't need to feel embarrassed asking for help because humans help each other and we are all humans on our own journeys. And I'm willing to help people out when they want help. And often people are willing to help us out with little things as well. And I know we just talked about giving in and indulging if you want to indulge. But let's say that you don't want to indulge in something and you're going home and they make your favorite pie and you don't want to have the pie. You'd like to have the pie, but you know that will cause a flare and you've decided that it's not worth it and you don't want to have that flare. But you really, really, really love the pie. And it's really, really hard to say no to the pie. And you really, really, really 
really want the pie. This sounds like you're talking from experience. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I, my mom makes a lot of pies. But you can ask them also in terms of helping you. I mean, you can let people know in advance. You can let your friends or family know, wow, this pie looks incredible. I would love to have some. But unfortunately, with my endometriosis, indulging in these kind of sweet items or gluten items or whatever type it is, unfortunately, it can make me feel sick. And it's so sad because I really want to try a piece. And I actually think I might have trouble resisting the temptation of having a piece. But I would really like to resist because I don't want to have a pain flare that will be accompanied by eating this. So would you kindly tackle me if you see me reaching for the pie? (laughs) (laughs) Take me down. (laughs) Okay. I don't care if you're across the room. You're like outside at the barbecue. I'm inside about to put the pie in my mouth. Run in, rush me, and tackle me to the ground and throw the pie as far away from me as you can. (laughs) Scream at me, don't touch the pie! Do all those things, please. (laughs) And our final tip, don't strive for perfection. Because it's not possible. Being perfect with endo doesn't exist. Unless there's like a perfect way that the uterus can get stuck to the bowel, like the perfect obliterated cul-de-sac. Okay, leave it to you to find some (laughs) way to make something super imperfect perfect, Miss Perfectionist. Or the perfectly formed (laughs) endometrioma on your ovary. Nobody wants that. (laughs) The perfectly formed endolesion on your lung. Nobody wants that either. (laughs) Fine, Brittany. No perfection because one ew perfect endo ew no that sounds really bad but that two, would be one of the words not that's possible not in the dictionary <laughs> next where it says next to perfect it will be like not having endo see not endo <laughs> see the opposite of endo antonym for endometriosis <laughs> perfection so since things aren't perfect be prepared for things to go wrong very very wrong very wrong but don't have anxiety about it no don't be like oh my god everything's gonna go wrong no 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 no. no. but just know that things can and likely will go wrong that's a reality of life and that's a reality of life with endo but if you're prepared for those things to go wrong they make way less of a negative impact on your experience overall if we're prepared that the bed won't be the most comfortable and we don't have the best sleep It's less impactful because we've mindfully prepared for that scenario and we're not creating anxiety for ourselves around that situation. Those pre-fears that we talked about before don't have to be so intense as long as we accept that we have to be flexible, we have to be open, and we have to be resilient as much as our bodies will allow. Okay, so basically I have to accept that things might suck. Yeah, things might. Royally. Yes. Just accept that. The royal suck. <laughs> Sounds terrifying. <laughs> the royal endo suck. Yes, there you go. But just because moments like the airplane might suck royally doesn't mean that the moment when you arrive in Italy isn't going to be a beautiful and amazing and exciting moment. There may be moments that go wrong and that don't go the way we would like them to go because of the endo. But not every moment needs to be tainted by that negative experience. Just because you throw up on the plane because of your endo doesn't mean that you have to carry that over into the next day when you see your mom that you've not seen in a few years. 
those two experiences don't they can be exclusive. So it's important to be prepared that things not everything is going to go according to plan, but also not allow the things that are not positive to bleed into those positive moments. The pizza is going to be a positive moment. Eating that pizza will be great, but there will be a moment that does not go according to a regular expectation that will be later. So don't let those negative experiences affect the positive ones because on these trips and these vacations and these holidays, there's so much positive time with others and time with ourselves and new experiences. We want to make sure that we're remembering and focusing on the good things rather than on the, the bad things that happen as a result of endo. I think it's always good not to have expectations. I'm a really big fan of not having any expectations. Planning, anticipating, trying to bring everything I need, set myself up for success. But then if success doesn't happen, then just thinking of myself as a a character in a book or in a movie. And it's just like, it's a big adventure. And Yes, I want to be, for example, in Italy with my family and having a great time. But I also know I don't know what's going to happen when we're there. I could get sick. I could, well, I'm definitely going to have a flare when I eat my eight cheese pizza. I mean, <laughs> oh let's not God. lie. I'll be like, okay, on, on day number two, on Tuesday, we're going to pencil in lunch is pizza. And then the rest of the day, my There's mom be like. One hour for lunch and then six hours for diarrhea. <laughs> My mom would be like, how come on this calendar it says restaurant and then it says bathroom? Because like, I have to pencil it in. Because that's what we're doing on Tuesday, mom. We're, we're going to have the pizza. We're going to have pizza and I'm going to eat it so slowly. Okay. We have one hour set aside for one piece of pizza. I'm going to be in the Guinness World Book of Record for the slowest chewer of pizza. They'd be like, ma'am, you've been here seven and a half hours. You're still on the second slice. The restaurant's closing. I was like, you will not close on me. Okay. I will sit here in this treachery and I will eat this pizza. <laughs> We're going to have to ask you to leave. I'm like, is there a bathroom on the street? I don't think so. I need to stay here. <laughs> I think it's so important as well not to compare ourselves to others and in general, but also as people with chronic illnesses, it's it's just so easy to, for example, like when I eat the pizza, I'm going to have a slice, but the rest of my family, they're going to have the whole pizza. And it's easy to feel left out. It's easy to think, well, I can't have the pizza. That's not fair. It's easy when we see, you know, the next day after New Year's, we see all these pictures on Instagram of people dressed up and having fun. And we think about maybe the night that we had on New Year's and maybe we didn't make it until the ball dropped at midnight. It's so easy to compare ourselves to the picture of what someone is doing or the what looks like the perfection or the carefully curated image is what it is. It's not reality, but that's what we see and that's what we feel like we're missing out on. And we don't know what happened in the background. I mean, maybe that person also. Had. Struggled really hard to get yeah. that picture. I mean, if, yeah. it's, if you're following some of the endo, they probably did struggle yeah, really, really hard. Yeah, that was really probably hard. a struggle. That was probably that moment where we said, you pack the outfit, you put the <laughs> outfit on, you look hot for like 35 seconds, you snap the photo, you, and then you upload change. it, and you put on the sweats, the sneakers. <laughs> so they know the secrets. They've they're also like, listened to this podcast. Go, they know the tricks. You go out to the party, they're like, excuse me, um, you're in your sweats, this is black tie. You're like, 
no, I'm sorry. This is black tie when you're wearing endo. Like, yeah, my sweatpants are black and my t-shirt's white. You so. see, I changed out of the bathrobe, so I'm pretty sure this, this is, is black, black tie. tie. <laughs> and our final tip for making your trip vacation holiday successful is to utilize lists. So Amy and I both keep a list, our packing list uh, is one of them, on our phones. So when we're getting ready to pack, we don't have to worry about thinking through the thick brain fog. No thinking. Or thinking through the thick exhaustion or the pain or discomfort or whatever we're experiencing. We can just go down the list and it's been carefully crafted previous when we're not in pain so that we can pack without having to think about it. And this is for packing. This is also for preparing. It has things like boarding pass, download the boarding pass, like everything that I need to do to prepare for a trip is on my list. So I never have to think twice that I've forgotten anything because I don't trust myself when I'm having my period or near my period to get things right. So I prepare ahead of time. So that's our final tip is to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success. And lists are a really great way to do that. I think that holidays and vacations are difficult for most people. There's some discomfort and exhaustion and anxiety. And there these feelings are involved, I think, for the majority of people who travel because you do get out of your comfort zone and do something different. And things don't always go as planned for anyone. But I think for when you have endo or you have another chronic illness, it can be really hard to travel. It can be hard to feel like we can fully participate in a holiday, but you definitely can. And we hope all these tips will help you have a successful, fun time and will allow the good times to outweigh the times that don't go so well. And I think this is an important key takeaway in our lives in general. I think. Living with chronic illness, we have so many difficult moments and just trying not to let those challenging moments overshadow the moments of joy. And so as we embark on our holidays and our vacations, just trying to be judgment-free of the bad moments because we're going to have moments that suck and we're going to have flares and we're going to have nausea. And if you're me, we're going to have diarrhea. (laughs) But we're also going to spend time with our loved ones. We're also going to do something new and exciting and be with people that we haven't seen in a long time and eat things that we haven't eaten in some cases in years. Oh, geez. My long last reunion with cheese. (laughs) So hopefully you can take at least one of these tips and put them into practice and see if it improves your experience on a vacation. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we're on instagram in 16 years of endo we're on the website in 16 years.com and if you enjoy the show please go ahead and leave us a rating talk to you next time <laughs>